0: Yeah, I find that uh, I just.
1: Can you like hear the up. rain here?
0: Oh uh, yeah, it just recently, maybe in a minute or so.
1: It just started raining really heavy. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I can hear something. I didn't know if it was one of your installations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just started something up back here.
2: Loading artist. Audio inside. Loading artist Audio inside Oh, it's ArtCast, it's ArtCast, it's ArtCast Yeah, yeah, yeah Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care Loading artist Audio inside Loading artist Audio inside So sit back and relax And grab your headphones too Adjust your volume, it's ArtCast Philip J. Mellon welcomes you So sit back, oh yeah, it's ArtCast Loading artist Audio inside Loading artist Audio inside.
0: I just wanted to welcome you to Oddcast, Katie Wynn.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks
0: welcoming philadelphia based artist Katie Wynn. You're listening to part 1 of our conversation where we talk about work she has made prior to her two person show with Haynes Riley titled Familiar's at Sediment Arts in Richmond, Virginia. Welcome to part 1 of our conversation. Katie Wynn and I start things off by discussing her installation The Cell Feeds Have The Beast Captured and Are Grooming Him including how to properly pronounce sylphides, or sylphides, at least we think so. Now, this word, the, the, in the title, the sylphides, is that how you pronounce that?
1: Sylphides? Sylphides, maybe? I've never heard it said out loud.
0: I haven't either, so I was yeah. I was hoping I could ask you.
1: <laughs> what are they?
0: Well, I uh, looked up what they were, Yeah, okay. but just how to say it, yeah. But just the idea that like they're sort of like fairies from the wind, or... Yeah, Um, And I also learned that they were a certain hummingbird also. Oh, really? I didn't know Yeah, that has like a forked tail. Oh. And it's green and blue. Uh, Yeah, just, you know.
1: Yes, they are like woodland nymph kind of. Maybe in my own imagination, I imagine them sort of like sirens, like, you know, kind of having this sort of cooing, calming effect over something, but maybe it's a little malicious. (laughs) But I might be imposing that. Um, and I think it's a ballet, too.
0: Yeah, I d- actually found it. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Did you watch it?
0: I did watch it, yeah. because oh, it, it, nice. it was interesting because it had the little description said it was a plotless play and I thought, oh, I got to watch this, you know? I mean, how could it have no plot? And um, I, I think it's kind of hard for anything that's moving to not have a plot, but um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you can see how that would make sense to me and my work. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes there are these moments where um, in that, in, in this particular piece and then also in another one, which is called a chain of non events. Yeah. I'm like really trying to tap into that kind of stasis where there's a lot going on, like literally moving, but it's not about this advancing this narrative, like something's happening or something. Um, and the silphids have the beast captured and are grooming him. And that piece I actually took that title from something I was reading that Agnes Martin had wrote.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I was reading this. this... Excuse me, i got to sneeze, I'm sorry. Sure. Oh, no, it went away. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I didn't want to sneeze over your talking there.
1: No, no, that's all right. Um, I forget what it was, um, but it really, you know, you know her painting, she's quite... I mean, she can be very poetic in how she talks, but, like, the paintings are so reserved and so calm. And for whatever reason, that sentence that she would write that down, it just grabbed me, and I was like, what is she talking about? Um, and that what got me to, you know, do some research on it and learn about that. And I just thought it made sense to that installation where you have these, you know, you have this sort of cardboard beast in the center, so yeah. to speak, and then... These little moving parts with little flowers and things kind of you know, <laughs> making this ridiculously calming, kind of soothing surrounding or yeah. or trying to maybe.
0: Yeah. It, to me, um, it it looks that I don't know if you called it did you call it a creature in this in the middle or I don't um, know what you use.
1: sure. I think I might have said beast, but
0: Beast, no, that's good too. <laughs> the
1: recording will show <laughs> what's that the recording here will prove what i said <laughs>
0: um so i feel like this character let's say is yeah. is almost like has a peg leg
1: yeah walking sure.
0: towards the rear of that room where yeah. and i feel like back to the wood where you have some raw wood um that those those three standing or leaning i want to call them like almost like brooms or tools yeah that
1: I love he's I'm not wrong i'm sorry I really love brooms. I've used broom type forms a lot. So. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, right. I was just thinking of sweeping. Like, if you ever use a push broom, I if if you haven't, I recommend it. Not you, but anyone. Oh, I have,
1: <laughs> yes, anybody listening.
0: <laughs> but it it looks like this peg leg beast is going for the brooms, like walking toward them, um, and. Uh, I don't know, just something on the wood, like it makes me think of some of the things in your installations that they're, like I said, they're tools of some kind.
1: I definitely have played around a lot with how to present these objects so that they feel like you've just kind of walked into a strange moment, you know, where something is just leaning against the wall or, um, you know, they don't, I don't move them around throughout an installation of a piece, like while it's up, but um, I like the idea that they feel that recently placed or that present, that they could kind of be, be used as a tool or be moved around. Absolutely.
0: Next, I share with Katie Wynn my interpretation of Avert Your Gaze and You Will Lose Your Love. You, you sparked this, and I have my notes here. It like, I was just wondering if you're, like some of the installations, if they're sort of a fantastical domestic situation, um like say the avert your gaze and you will lose your love and say that it's almost like a like a to, to me this is where my mind went and then to return home from a vacation or and reuniting with your living quarters and these you know i feel like there's like three characters in that or maybe more but like three bigger characters in avert and wearing, your gaze y- yes okay and uh, they, these characters, as you enter the room, they're turning and looking at you, welcoming you back, and, and, you know, what kind of language are they speaking, and obviously it's not English, uh, you know, (laughs) 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 to me anyway.
1: (laughs) Um, oh, that is, that's not quite how I thought of it, but I like that interpretation a lot. Um, I did have this idea, so I've used a lot of, like, Tyrax, um, that was one of the first kind of mechanisms that I got really excited about when I found electronic tie racks. So the thing that it it like hangs in a closet and it brings your tie forward (laughs) and moves it around (laughs) on a carousel. And I thought, what a ridiculous object. Like it has, they only sell them at like Christmas and Father's Day. And it (laughs) it has like such a limited function. It's so silly, but the, the movement of it is so, um, external you know so that was like really exciting for me when I found out like oh I can buy these tie racks and I can you know attach material to it and it's all going to be like really visually moving around and um with Avert Your Gaze I was really excited about this idea of putting them all putting all the mechanisms on the wall facing you so that it was like a reflection, or like it, you, you were facing it and it was looking back at you. Okay. So, like I, like that's like that part is like right on. Um,
0: does that make sense? Yeah, no, I like it. I'm, I'm yeah. I, I'm glad I was close. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess I mean also like compared to like some of the other installations where, you know, different motions are happening, like maybe underneath a table or in different areas. This one I wanted to be more sort of confrontational in the way it was,
0: the way it was installed. Right, and that's the one that was in the window as well, right, the storefront. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And
1: I mean, it definitely has faces and eyes. Like you're not, <laughs> you're not just seeing that. Yeah. So maybe to illuminate that piece a little bit more, if okay. you don't mind, um, there is a book that I really fell in love with um, when I was in grad school at Cranbrook. Uh, by, by a philosopher named Jean Beaudrillard, I think it's, it's called The System of Objects, and he kind of breaks, it's a wonderful book, he kind of breaks down, like, he talks about color, he talks about material, like wood versus metal, Um, he talks about, kind of, the role antiques play versus new objects and he just kind of breaks down everything in our world of objects and it's really um a great book and in one chapter which is about gizmos (laughs) um which i would characterize these things as gizmos um, he talks about their magic and their mystery in that We are mystified by them because they have this sort of wonderful function and they can exist without us in a way, and yet um, they are mystifying to us also because they are veiled in our human determinants. Like we made the choices to make them and we made the choices about how they function and yet once they exist on their own they kind of have their own lives. Yeah. So, again, that idea that, like, they're looking back at you, like, <laughs> they've taken on a life of their own, and, yeah. yeah. You know, that kind of all plays together.
0: Next, Katie Wynn talks a bit about her relationship to kinetic work. No, I, I, I like the cameos that paintbrushes play in your some of the earlier works.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tri- Kinetic work is tricky. I, I mean, I feel like I love it, um, and yet sometimes I'm frustrated by it because I feel like it can fall, it can easily fall into a kind of gimmicky situation. Um, and I'm always trying to be really careful not to let, uh, the work, you know, just feel too silly or too, um, quaint or something, you know, there's a, there's a gravitas that I want there to be as well. Um, and sometimes with, With kinetic objects, you can you can. There's pitfalls. There's easy pitfalls, I think. I always want that kind of the colors, the the if there's sparkles, (laughs) the sort of decorative qualities to be um, unable to be separated from the sort of structure or the function.
0: I want to push my interviews a little bit further in some way, and um, like. I'm actually kind of afraid to ask the artists no matter what work they do to like, say, what is your work about? Yeah. You know? And I, and I feel like because I myself would w- don't know how I would handle that question in return. So that means I don't want to put someone in that position, mm-hmm. but certain things, you know, maybe it would be, be okay to do so if that makes any sense. like.
1: I mean, it is tough and, and there's always, and maybe this goes back to that kind of, the limitations of, of language and definition and my frustration with that. It's like you, you don't want to make something sound smaller than you feel like it is in the visual world. You know what I mean? And you start describing okay. something and then you're like, oh, no, I made it sound worse than when you actually are in the presence of the artwork. It, and it's really hard to kind of match those things. Um, but I think, like... It, in general, I mean, we've talked about a lot of things, you know, in, as we've talked about different pieces and what individual pieces are about. Um, I think in general, like what I'm trying to talk about in my statement has a lot to do with just sort of really broad situations of the human condition in a lot of ways. You know, when I say like, we're all at once, like, dealing with our own like limits of our physical selves and 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 mortality and all of these things um and we all look for not just artists but just humans we all look for ways to kind of get out of those situations for some amount of time and a lot of my work has been inspired by this idea of like amusements and you know you see a lot of references to like know fun and and satin and things that you would see in a show or in an amusement park or something that kind of references the need to like have relief from the burdens of our lives and um there's some references to you know sort of consumerist culture and how purchasing things and all of that stuff um is another way that we kind of escape right we kind of like get away from our mortality, we get away from um, boredom, we just, you know, it's uh, purchasing things is a way to escape. Those are all things that I kind of try to touch on in my work to various degrees. Um, And maybe those things and the statement that's on my site now is getting a little outdated and I'm kind of moving away from those direct kind of references to something that's more a little more open like we've been talking about with this poetry and stuff that just isn't so diametric
0: i don't want to bring up the word tragedy but i kind of will sure yeah and like how like within some of the pieces that you have like some of the older work that there there is some serious circus going on you know like and it's like mean they're all on a ship for some reason and the ship is sinking but the band is still playing you know oh i and... love
1: that you said that that's perfect in fact I had I had a studio visit with this guy named um, I shouldn't say guy he's a he's a brilliant guy named uh, Lane Relier and he was in my studio and he asked me he was like well are we all just whistling while the ship goes down <laughs> <laughs> like that seems to be what's happening here um, so yeah I think that kind of that has been a theme of a lot of my work is kind of this moment where I'm I'm Pointing at things that are fun and things that are that are amusements and it, yeah. by doing that y- The other side of the coin is that there are all these things that we're trying to escape by having fun or by having these kind of amusements yeah. and things so There's always two sides to that
0: I think it's, it's Terrible, <laughs> isn't it? It
1: makes it sound so miserable <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. That's How what is. <laughs> right so, I'm sorry.
1: That's what my life is. That's what being alive feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
0: Next I asked Katie to bring up some artists whose work that she enjoys.
1: I've always loved Alexander Calder. Okay. Um, and he maybe isn't so stressed about his mortality or anything that we were just talking about, but uh he his Kinetic work and his circus that he made. If you haven't seen it at the um, at the Whitney, you know he made this tiny circus, little wire forms, and it's very um, it's just handmade. It's really beautiful. So his his work has been influenced on me for a long time. Um, Tim Hawkinson, he made a piece called the Uber Oregon that just blew my mind. Um, when I saw it when I was younger so he I would say that his work kind of gave me permission to use materials that I didn't realize were art materials you know when I was younger I like can grab you know when you're an undergrad and you're sort of like oh sculptors and you can weld things or you know and yeah. um, I actually heard a painter this woman named Angela Dufresne talk about artists that had influenced her and she used the term permissions so I should credit that I totally heard that from her first but it made all the sense in the world to me I was like that's totally what happens you see artists work and you they give you permission to make things that are closer to what you want to be making you know so um yeah so Tim Hawkinson is wonderful Rachel Harrison um Her sculptures are so weird. (laughs) And she really, like... You know, I was talking about the three chairs with Joseph Kosuth, and Rachel Harrison really just makes these wonderfully weird objects that have photographs as part of a sculptural object. And it's, you know, that tension is... is really present in her pieces. With Richard Tuttle, there was... I used to live down in Houston, and the Menil collection is down there, and they had this one kind of, what do you call a shape that has a weird amount of, like, it's it's a polygon, I guess, okay. so, you know, it's like, it could have eight sides, but it's not, they're not all the same length, you know,
0: so it's just this, is it like a, like a almost like looks like it would be an umbrella that was flattened. Or? Yes,
1: exactly, yeah. exactly. And It's just a flat piece of fabric that he dyed and pinned to the wall.
0: Yeah. And
1: like man, I would go and look at that thing all the time. It's like, <laughs> it was this light pink and I was like it it was just a weird like pink shape on the wall. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I
1: was totally in love with it and I thought this thing it's like a weird like it's like a newborn baby in that I don't know what it is or like what it's going to be. It's just new and light pink. And I, I don't know. Those early works from him are really, really inspiring to me.
0: In the following, Katie talks about changes in the work, including materials, composition, structure, and other elements.
1: I guess it's like a balancing where the same kind of materials are still in the studio and it's like, who's taking like front center stage? Like, I think after I got out of grad school, like the fabrics and the colors, the cardboard, all of that took up more of the stage and it was kind of like more of the focus and um, things got a little more chaotic or at least like the treatment of a lot of it moving through the space was a little more chaotic and now I'm kind of pulling pulling that back and letting the structure have more to do with the piece than the sort of coverings. Does that make sense?
0: No, I've heard chaotic before. Yeah. I, um, uh, like I spoke with a couple of friends about your work just briefly and they, they had both said something about being chaotic and there's like a mad energy there. But which which I felt the exact opposite for me anyway. I think you had said beast and and I call them a character. Uh, sure. But they they seem almost like a little bit more like like they would exist in some kind of rainforest and they're a little bit more plant like and they were growing versus like falling apart or kind of being menacing at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe chaotic isn't quite the right word. I think I think maybe more what was happening at least or how I was feeling about the work was that it it had become like I was getting too close to like just making a big mess in some way. Yeah, and yeah. I and I wasn't confident that I was really nailing the the more compositional elements of it. And so I think what you're seeing when I'm like pulling back from some of that with goldfish, I think is the last thing on my website that's kind of in a new direction. Goldfish and then Workday and then this new one, Familiars, there's a lot less like cardboard and fabric kind of covering things and there's a lot more structure and I think I'm really just trying to like really let the composition and like some of the bigger, bolder kind of forms and shapes and
0: lines
1: hold the composition together.
0: Yeah, it's like a little bit more of a feature for a certain element. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Like in Workday, like the strongest lines, I think, are the pieces of wood that mimic the um, staircase coming down.
0: Yeah, so, I was like trying to imagine, is that something that she put yeah, in? Yeah, it is. is. It's, you know, it's <laughs> I mean, I did okay. put the staircase <laughs> in. Um, but right, right, no, I, like the, the banister yeah, like sort exactly, of grew or something. exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. so I – so the staircase that goes into that gallery have that banister. And, you know, um, I was invited to do that show at Hope College. And I, they sent me all the images and all the dimensions of the space. And I was like, oh, it already has this line in it. It has this banister yeah. that comes down and makes this turn. And I had this, you know, I was like, I'm just going to keep that line moving. And that's how I'm going to, to make the work kind of play with the space in there. Because that banister is all—it's the same banister that's in the hallway when you're walking around the school. So I was like, all right, let's just keep, let's have that—you know—you have that memory, and then you 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 come into the gallery at the top of the stairs actually, and you come down. So you like follow that banister, and then it moves throughout the space, and it kind of breaks up, and you know, that's at least what I was trying to do.
0: Well, there there points back to the lumber for me Mm -hmm. because. Even though that one, that particular section of the installation was treated, um, it's still an extension of the architecture. Yeah.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. yeah. It was
1: definitely, like, just another attempt to be, like, how, how can I make this interact with the space? I mean, it also really did spread out a lot more, and it had the strength of those lines are what carried the show more than, like, you know, filling it up with color and movement. So that was a big departure for me.
0: Thank you for listening to part one of this interview with Katie Wynn. Please visit Otcast.com for part two, where we talk in-depth about Katie's latest installation as part of the two-person show titled Familiars, opening April 7th at Sediment Arts in Richmond, Virginia. This has been Otcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? I'm getting nowhere with this, forget it. Hotcast <laughs> Home is A H T T A S T dot com. Thanks again.